I have a confession to make. I had the idea to write a book for years before I finally put pen to paper and published the book. So the big question is this, how do people like me who battle doubt and insecurity push past their fears and publish a book? Well, that is the question, and this podcast is going to give you the answers. So join me as I bring you behind-the-scenes interviews and insights so that you can move forward and publish your book with boldness and courage. My name is Coach Tam, and this is Publishing Secrets. This episode of Publishing Secrets is sponsored by the Connect and Convert Content Club for Christian Authors. You know what? I get it. You just want to glorify God, write, connect with your readers, and earn a comfortable living. You don't want to be stuck in this never-ending cycle of planning, researching, and creating content. You know that you need to build an author platform. You've heard that again and again. But the question is how? With everything that I have on my plate How do I do this in a way that really connects with my audience? Well, here's the good news. The Connect and Convert Content Club was created with you in mind. It's going to relieve the stress, save you time, and help you build a brand and a following quickly. So join us in the Connect and Convert Content Club. You'll find a link in the show notes to learn more, and you'll never have to worry about what to post again. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. Sounds amazing, doesn't it? What happens when believing that scripture is harder than it seems? When you are in the space between, between what God showed you in this difficult place that you find yourself in, what do you do then? Well, if you're struggling with that, even as you're working through your healing and you know that God is calling you to share your story, I believe this week's episode of Publishing Secrets is designed just for you. Joining me in this episode is Sue Bowles and she's had to navigate that space And she's had to face her own demons. But through God's grace, she was able to overcome. And now she's on a mission to help others. Not from a place, this elevated place of I have it all together. But from a place of let me walk alongside you. And show you what God has shown me. And let me stand with you and believe with you that the best is yet to come. So get ready to get encouraged and to get inspired. God is doing great things in you and he will do them through you if you will just yield to the process. Enjoy. Well, Sue, thank you so much for making time to be here with us on Publishing Secrets. We've had a great conversation so far about your book and your journey And I'm looking forward to really sharing this with our listening audience. So thank you for taking the time to be here with us today. Thanks for having me, Tim. This is great. 
Awesome. Well, you know, we talked about the fact that your book was a difficult one to write, but you also said, but it was a healing process. Talk to us a little bit about your first book. I know that there are more on the way, but talk to us a little bit about your first book, This Much I Know. The book is This Much I Know, The Space Between. And the concept behind it is This Much I Know is my story. And this much I know, each of us have a story, and it's the one thing nobody can take from us, and every story has worth. The Space Between talks about that healing journey to go from wounds to healing to having scars, and that scars aren't bad. Scars are a story of hope. Scars are a victory story. Actually, on the wall behind me, there's a quote from Rich Mullins. says, it's not going to matter if you have a few scars. It'll matter if you didn't live. So that's what I try to capture in the book is just that whole journey of life dumping a lot of stuff on me. And out of all the things that have happened to me, any one of them is enough for anybody. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, I struggled. And I was mad at God. Why'd you let all this happen to me? Mm-hmm. And I've made peace with that. And I've turned it for God has turned it for good. Mm-hmm. You know, Romans 8, 28, he works it all together for good in the yes. big picture of things and not just in the individual situations. So the book became an opportunity and a challenge and part of my journey to share my story. When I finally got to the point where I believed that I had worth and that my story mattered, then it became a matter of getting it out there and starting to share the story. Mm -hmm. Now, we talked about the fact that kind of the seed for the book was actually planted around 2015, Mm -hmm. Um, And the book came out in 2019. So there was definitely a space in between. You talked about how, you know, you had to get to a point to believe that your story had value. Let's talk a little bit about why do you think that was such a struggle initially to believe that? Mm, Good question. I think a lot of it is because of the lies I believed. You know, my story, and I do want to give a trigger warning here, because some of the things we may talk about may be triggering to people. Mm -hmm. We may talk about rape and sexual abuse, alcoholism, eating disorders, anything like that. So if any of those are triggering for you, please step away, exercise Mm -hmm. some self-care. When you're ready to come back, come on back. We'll still be here talking. Uh, But most importantly, you are what matters. So having said that and given a quick break for somebody to choose to turn it off if they need to. I was raped by a classmate when I was seven years old after school one day in first grade. And I didn't know what happened. And I didn't have the words. Back in the 70s, rape was not on the radar. Mm -hmm. It wasn't something that was talked about. Nothing to even be questioned or even concerned about. We walked to school a half mile without an issue. It was safe Mm -hmm. then. So At that moment in time, because it wasn't a topic of conversation, because it was a severe trauma that I didn't know what happened, all I know is something happened. My emotions were frozen in time that day. And I didn't realize the effect that Bobby's last words were going to have on me. And before he left, he looked at me and said, don't tell anybody. And I didn't know how captive that was going to make me. And then it kind of just came out in a conversation with my dean of students probably a couple months before I graduated college. So, you know, you've got age seven to age 22. So you have a 15-year secret locked in a dungeon. So by then, 
everything else is stirring. Anyone who understands a little bit about emotions and trauma, you understand that if it doesn't come out through tears or some way, it's going to come out in some other way. Because mine came out in an eating disorder that developed. I've been suicidal twice. I mean, all kinds of different things. All that to say that gap in writing the story was because I had to get to the point where I realized that I mattered because I didn't believe it. Up to 2014, I called myself the holy exception, that everything in the Bible was good enough for everybody else but me. I was too screwed up, too far gone, too much had happened, and God didn't have enough grace to bail me out. And I firmly believed that. And then I'm sure we'll talk about the retreats. You know, I came across a retreat program, and I went into that calling myself the holy exception. I left there believing for the first time in my life that Jesus Christ is absolutely crazy about me. He not only loves me, he likes me. So that had to, had to germinate for a while. And it had to work its way through the soil that had been hardened in my heart. And of course, that brought up a lot of emotions. It brought up all kinds of more things. And then suddenly I had to deal with my eating disorder that I had been denial over. So all these things. So I was doing a lot of intensive healing as I started writing the book. And then as that healing really started taking root, I was able to write the book in more, more of its entirety. But I think it needed that time because to write and to write a story like this and share, if anyone's sharing their story, we have to be healed to a certain degree before we can really tell the story in an impactful way that will affect the lives we want it to affect. Yeah. I think that's so important because I can imagine there being someone listening to us right now that's trying to figure out how come I can't get this story out? How come it's such a struggle? I know I've been called to write because you knew that in 2015, but it took some time. There was a journey that you had to go through before that story could really come out. So I pray that if you're listening to us right now, that you consider that maybe there's still some healing that may need to occur so that you can really have the impact that God is calling you to have. And we have to practice some self-care in that journey. As we talked about, you know, taking care of ourselves mentally and emotionally so that we can be a support for others. Right. And have to practice a lot of patience too. Mm -hmm. A lot of patience with ourselves because we get frustrated because we have unrealistic expectations of herself. I should have this done. I should be able to do this. Come on. I can do this now. I'm already feel, you know, all those things. And we have to be patient with God too, because a lot of times God's timetable isn't ours. Mm -hmm. His is perfect and ours isn't. Yeah. But that struggle, that space between we're talking about that struggle between what I want and when God says it's going to be right is a challenge at times. So Mm -hmm. I think we have to give ourselves a lot of grace and a lot of patience as well. Mm-hmm. You're right. The journey with God is one that constantly <laughs> has us asking <laughs> questions, right? Because we feel like things should go differently <laughs> than they. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely faster <laughs> and easier. If, yeah, really. if I want to be honest, I like for it to be easier. Um, and being able to hold on to what you said earlier about you know all things working together for our good to be able to believe that in the midst of these really trying circumstances is often easier said than done. Very much so. I was just on the the walking stick retreat in the June and the theme was fulfilled. And we talked about, do we chase the emotions that make us feel fulfilled 
-hmm. or do we chase what gives real fulfillment, which is Christ? And just that was a hard one to have to chew Mm -hmm. on because, you know, we think, you know, just all the things that can process through with that. But one of the things that really caught me as we were talking about Romans 8.28, the question was raised, do we believe that for the whole of the events, Mm -hmm. for the whole of life? and not just individual circumstances, because that's a verse that is thrown around like it's a piece of candy. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to make somebody feel better when they're going through gut-wrenching trauma. And it's honestly, at that point in time, it's probably ill-advised so to quote that verse. <laughs> yeah, last thing yeah. I want to hear and last thing you really need to say at mm-hmm. that moment in time. Yeah. But so it was challenging for me to think about that verse in the whole scope of things and not just the individual circumstances as well. Yeah, for sure. And, and with a journey like yours where you know, like, this is not something that felt good. It had, you know, impacts on me for my entire life. So how, how do we find the strength to even embrace that scripture? I mean, that in and of itself is a huge accomplishment by Mm -hmm. God's grace. Mm -hmm. It sounds like the retreats, and you talked about this in your book, were so crucial along with Amanda, which we'll talk about in a little bit to your healing process. Talk to us a little bit about how things were orchestrated such that you went to your first retreat and then how they played a role in the healing process for you. And anyone who's watching this sees this Cheshire cat grin on my face right now. (laughs) (laughs) These retreats are, they're my tribe, they're my people, they're my family, they're my safe place. How they all came about. In 2014, there was a movie came out called Ragamuffin. It's based on the life of Rich Mullins, a major Christian musician. I don't know if you're familiar with them or uh, any of his listeners. Are you familiar with the song Awesome God and Step by Step? I do know Our God is an Awesome God. I don't know okay. if I'm, it's the same version that you're thinking okay. of, but okay. yes. That's Rich. So the movie is based on Rich's life. And I went to see it and it was a very hard watch for the first 20 minutes because it was hitting home. And I did a lot of the... Uh, no, I got something on my eye, mom, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> right Don't there, mind you, me. Yeah, because, you know, I, I had to have it all together. You know, mm-hmm. I couldn't admit that something was striking because there was healing that had to happen. Mm-hmm. So anyway, later on in the year, the movie producer and the friends and family of Rich who were involved in the movie wanted to have a retreat to carry on the discussion of the themes, which were about being authentic, living a life of reckless faith, parental relationships, and the masks that we wear. And I was torn. God was chasing me. And I knew it and I was trying to run. I was supposed to be in Nashville to visit some friends. And I finally relented, canceled my Nashville trip to go to the retreat. One of the powerful things of this retreat is they open up a private Facebook group a few weeks before the retreat, just so you can get to know people. And that very first year, they asked us to share our stories. I had never shared my story before. And it was just starting to come out. My counselor and I were working on, we're dealing with the rape for the first time in 2014. So it was all very fresh. And one morning, Four o'clock in the morning, I'm at the dining room table and I'm just typing and I'm typing out my story. I had lurked in the room for about two or three days, watching everybody else read their stories and responding to everybody else, but definitely afraid of sharing mine. Finally got the courage, did it, gulped like you wouldn't believe when I hit send and all day long kind of checked the responses, waiting for somebody to just trash me. There wasn't a single one, not one. Instead, it was, you're so brave. Thank you. That's so courageous. I'm praying for you. I'd never had that experience before. So I went to the first retreat, I mentioned it earlier, went in thinking myself the holy exception, left there believing God really cares about me. And one of the staff members has since told me that she likens that first retreat to a Hail Mary pass for me Mm -hmm. of, do I really believe that God could love me and that his kids would find me lovable? 
So that God mm-hmm. used that a lot of seeds, a lot of water dumped on those seeds. And each year just continued to do more. And I talked about the second half of the book. The first thing I had to deal with was just owning my story because I was in denial about my story. I didn't like my story. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, you know, I didn't like it. You don't want to deal with it. Yep. So I had, first I had to own it. And that alone brought a bucket of tears. Then the next year I had to grieve my story. The theme of the second year retreat was called the disappointing Messiah. And it talked about how we are disappointed by God when he doesn't meet our expectations. Mm-hmm. And so all of that building on the year before and everything I've been working through with my counselor, again, finally brought me to the point of crying even more tears of being mm-hmm. able to grieve my story. And then the next year, it's kind of cool how each year built on it. The next year was the kingdom of heaven is. And I left there believing I'm the pearl of great price. Mm. I'm the one God chases after. And that helped me realize that I am valuable to God. That's when things really started happening for the book. And each year has built on it since. So it's a very precious time. The retreat actually had to close registration because we sold out this time, which is the first time. We had 50 people with this thing. Mm. And about a third of them were new folks, which is even better. So it continues to build, continues to grow. It's called Walking Stick Retreats. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. It's walkingstickretreats.org. Our next retreat, if you're listening to this in 2021, the next retreat is October 8th through 10th in Ripley, West Virginia. And then April 2022 is going to be in southeastern Indiana. Uh, They already have the dates lined up. We go to Retreat Conference Center. And it's a welcome invitation. It's a place where it's safe to just be you. You leave your masks at the door, be as quirky or as quiet or as rowdy as you want to be. Just be you because you're left for who you are. Mm. You know, it's so awesome how God orchestrated things so that you could be in that space to get what you needed Mm -hmm. um, so that you could get where you needed to be so that now you're able to help other people. And, you know, the other thing that stands out to me about that is you talked about your counselor and that's Amanda, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. So we'll talk a little bit about Amanda is that it sometimes takes a dream team. That's how I like to think mm. about it. Right. Because, yeah. you know, we want it to be, well, it's just this one thing that, <laughs> that quote unquote <laughs> fixes it. And sometimes yeah. it really does take a team, your retreat team, your mm-hmm. counselor mm-hmm. and others to come alongside you. Oh, yeah to have that healing to take place. So let's talk a little bit about Amanda. She was critical. I heard as you were talking about even your journey with the retreat. Why do you think God partnered you with Amanda as you went through this journey of healing? That's a great question because I have gone places with Amanda that I never knew I needed to go and that I never had gone with anybody else. So I think It started because my eating disorder was starting to kick up again. And my pastor had come across Amanda when two of his daughters developed eating disorders after their mom passed away from cancer. So I was aware of my red flags that I call them. I reached out to my pastor, Chuck, and he said, here's a name for you. So that's where it started. Amanda is very, thankfully, she specializes in eating disorders, which was great because, of course, I didn't have an eating disorder. So that really didn't bother me. You know, that that was her specialty. I just know I needed somebody and I trusted Chuck. So, (laughs) but little I didn't know. So, but she was very wise. She's very thorough, first of all, but in a very gentle yet loving and direct way. And she uncovered things that I didn't know were there. 
And one of the things that she and I journeyed through was her helping me. She planted the seed and I finally owned it, that I came from an abusive relationship with my parents. And I never owned that. I never considered that. And just, again, because of the alcoholism, that's what it came from. Now, it's very important for me to people know the relationships are restored. I was my mom's caregiver until she passed away October 2020. She lived with me. We were living together since 1997. My dad is my biggest cheerleader. So all that to say, that's what healing does. But you know, she helped me see things in ways I never even considered. And there was a trust built. And I think, honestly, I was desperate enough. I was desperate enough to latch onto whatever thread of hope I could find. And she wove it for me. And she didn't do the work for me. And she challenged me along the way. And I tell a story in my book where she took a knife from me because I was starting to cut. She was about ready to send me to inpatient eating disorder treatment. So it wasn't this always this pal thing. She did it very lovingly, very firmly because she had a job to do. And she knew she would not be doing her job in its entirety. And she would not be honoring Christ because she's a Christian counselor. And so there's a higher relationship at stake. And because of that, because of everything we went through, and again, it was just a driving force within me that if I was going to do this, I wasn't going to quit until it was done, until I was all the way through the healing mountain. And there were times I was already quit. And there was one time she said, will you commit to one more session with me? And by the time that conversation was over, I said, Amanda, there's no need to commit because you and I both know what's going to happen. Even if I quit, you know, I'm going to be back there in two months anyway. (laughs) Because we both knew that it was my driving force. And it was me saying that from the start. If I'm doing this, I am not quitting until we get all the way through. Because I had been around the horn too many times Mm. and it always kept coming back. And I asked her that after a couple of sessions, I said, what do you think it is kicking the eating disorder? She said, I think it's just a bunch of unresolved issues. And she's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes it's a journey to Mm -hmm. get there. And we want it, like we talked about, we want it to be so much shorter. (laughs) Right now. Can it please be right now? Don't make Um, me deal with emotions. Just make them go away. (laughs) Yeah, really. Right. Just not even have to deal with it at all. But he is such you know, as I was thinking about, as you were sharing that he is such a loving father that he does what's best for us, Mm -hmm. which often doesn't feel like it's what's best Mm -hmm. for us. There's going to be a conflict because he has a higher vision, Mm -hmm. (laughs) a higher calling that he's working to accomplish in us and through us than our immediate desire. Mm -hmm. So that is so powerful. So we talked about how, you know, you had to get to a certain point that you could share this story. You had to go through your own healing journey. So it's 2019, you've gotten to a better place. Mm -hmm. What makes you decide to put the story in writing then? When my friend Bethany passed away, it lit a fire under me of it's time to quit playing. I'm supposed to tell the story. God was starting to really the speaking part was starting to take off. I started speaking at a high school class, just sharing my eating disorders. And things started happening. I started just feeling God just reinforcing that this is what I created you to do. You have a message. You are my messenger. And it's time to start opening your mouth. 
So you know, when, when Bethany passed away, I dedicated the book to Bethany and her husband, Jimmy. They're very dear friends. And I'm still in touch with Jimmy now. So he's, he's just a very dear friend. But Bethany's impact through the way she lived and the way she kept setting goals. And I was just like, it's time to quit dabbling with this. Because by then, I was believing I had that my story had worth. I was starting to share it. And I was starting to see that my story was affecting lives for the good. So once the steamboat starts going, it's just going to keep going. So with the retreat coming up in, it was October, 2019, I really wanted to get the book done and bring it there as a thank you, because those people were so critical in walking through this path with me and walking with me. So honestly, I had this goal to have the book done for the retreat so I could bring it there and give it away just as a thank you. That, that was very special for me to be able to do that because a lot of these people knew my story, but I wanted them to see what God had done after the little bit that they knew. Mm-hmm. Wow. That is amazing. I, I can't even imagine what that's like to be able to share that book. You know, as you were talking about this goal that you set for yourself, you know, one of the things that came to mind is, you know, sometimes in Bethany, sometimes the experiences that the relationships that we have with others can really be a catalyst for us to recognize (laughs) that we need to step up. And that's kind of a theme throughout our conversation today, that the people at the retreat, while very loving, were very instrumental in challenging you. You know, Amanda, Bethany, even in her passing, Mm -hmm. you know, really played a role in nudging you forward and getting you to take ownership for the gifts and the callings that God has placed in you. So people, God works through people. I think that's one of the things that I'm hearing in our interview is God works through people. So don't dismiss someone that's listening to our voice. Don't dismiss the people that are coming alongside that may be telling you things that you don't want to hear when you don't want to hear them. (laughs) Uh, Because God can very well be working through those people to not only bring you to a place of healing, but bring you to a place where you can share a story. Mm-hmm. You can share a message that impacts others. So now the book is out. Um, you've been able to take it to the retreat. Um, and then some other things started to happen. You had a another relationship that woke you up to the fact that you had even more work to do other than writing the book and yeah. speaking. So talk to us about that certification and what happened after the book. So the book opened up a lot of doors for podcasts. 2020, I kind of just fell into podcasting. And I think I did like 35 podcasts. And like I said, just kind of fell into it. And then speaking and speaking at conferences. I did some global summits. I spoke at the National Conference for Advancing School Mental Health last year. I shared my story about eating disorder. I'll actually be presenting there again this October as well. So that's always fun too. So a lot of doors started opening up. But last year, 2020, just through some different things, a friend of mine who's a licensed counselor just planted a seed. Her name's Kathy Sprinkle. She's part of the retreat team. She's a very dear soul. And it just she's just a, a wonderful woman. And that doesn't even begin to capture it. But Kathy reached out to me and just said, have you ever thought about being a life coach? Because it seems like that's where you're heading anyway. And she based that on some conversations. She was you know, seeing me interacting with some retreat folks in the retreat rooms through the speaking, through the podcast, et cetera. And honestly, at first I was like, nope, (laughs) I I had a negative attitude about it. I did not have an understanding of what coaching was and the uh, validity behind it. 
So I did a lot of research. I spent about three months researching from when she asked the question to when I took my first certification class. Because if I'm going to do something, I'm going to make sure I understand what I'm doing, what I'm spending money on, and what it's going to allow me to do and how it's going to help this mission that God has me on. So I became a certified life coach April 2020. And then August 2020, I became a master certified life coach, which means I have more training hours, more skills, more toolboxes, those kind of things. But what's been fun is watching my clients. It's so to hear my clients tell me that they are identifying ways that they are growing from the work we do together. That is so rewarding for me. And that helps me know that we're on the right path because coaching is all about the client taking the lead and figuring out what they want to do. I ask a lot of questions and then I get to listen. And I get to listen to people challenge themselves and maybe challenge their paradigms, open themselves up to other ways of viewing things, what we call reframing things and looking at things from a different perspective. And then the most fun is watching them set their goal for what they want to do between now and our next session. And then I love getting a text. I did it. Those, (laughs) Those are the best times to hear the smile or to get a voicemail. And you can hear the smile and the confidence in their lives. I've had clients who right now doing the big things that some of my clients are struggling through is the relationships, you know, having to stay inside for so long that there's the social interaction fear and just having to work through what is the fear? When are some times that you've been successful in beating down that fear? What are your current situations? What opportunities do you have now? What are you willing to take a step out and try? What are some natural opportunities you already have that you know, maybe you kind of want to step out to and you're fearful of and we help them break out of that. And then it kind of just goes from there. But once they get that first step or two, they just kind of keep rolling. And I just go along for the ride. It's so much fun to watch and just to watch them be able to live life the way they want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's nothing like the coaching experience. And maybe someone mm-hmm. listening to us maybe has had the not so great impression mm-hmm. of coaching. So we want to encourage you to do some research as Sue has to really understand what coaching is all about, but there's nothing like being able to go on a journey with someone and hear them tell you things that they don't tell anybody else. For people to be able to trust you to that level is truly an honor. But then, as you said, to be a part of someone literally transforming Mm -hmm. into a better version of themselves and see themselves be confident and brave Mm -hmm. is such a feeling of satisfaction. So maybe someone out there, you're listening Either you're in the process of writing your book or you finished your book and you're wondering, what is your next step? Maybe one of the things to consider, to pray about is, is coaching an opportunity for you to help others as others have helped you, right? Because there's so many people that have come alongside uh, you to help you get to where you need to be. And now you are able to pay it forward as a coach and help other people. Right. And I think that's the important thing. My company name is called My Step Ahead. And that's the whole premise behind it is that you only have to be a step ahead to help the person behind you. So if you think about it, I may be a step or two ahead of somebody else, be it I'm certified already, or I'm already speaking or, you know, having gone through recovery and all those things. So I can reach out and help the person behind me, who maybe is just starting their journey and needs that extra support. Because this much I know my story can help that person. But at the same time, I don't have it all together. I'm not perfect and I don't have all the answers and I need help too. 
so I can reach out and keep getting the help and support that I need. And together, there's a human chain of support, all of us helping somebody else while still being helped. And I think that's the important thing is that you only have to be a step ahead to help the person behind you. The other premise behind it is that it's okay to not be okay. Because if you think about it, to reach out for help, to ask somebody, what was your journey like? And what morsel can I grab from that to help me? You're admitting to yourself that you don't have it all together. Mm-hmm. You're humbling yourself. And the opposite of humility is pride. And we know pride comes before the fall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when we're humble, God gives grace. So when we humble ourselves and say, okay, I can't do this alone. I need somebody to help me. When we do that, it gives God room to work because we're releasing our tight-fisted control. And we're going, okay, I can't do this myself anymore. And suddenly there's room in our hearts for God to work. And a lot of times he likes working through other people. Mm -hmm. He likes working through his kids because they're all going through the same thing. And that's the way he's designed it. Amen. Amen. Well, gosh, it's been such an honor to learn a little more about your journey and the mission that you are on as a hope coach to help others. So I want to make sure that our listening audience knows how to get a copy of the book. And if they hear something in our conversation today that draws them to want to uh, reach out, I know that you have a consultation where you talk to people a little bit about their journey and you're on the speaking circuit. So how can people get in contact with you if they'd like to learn more? Their best place to go is suebowls.com. It's S-U-E-B-O-W-L-E-S.com. If you click links, you'll find a link to a couple of different the retreat website. You'll find another website organization I have is My Step Ahead. There's a link there. There's also a link there. You can get the books. You can get everything at that one stop. And also, if there's something I can do, if you want to talk about is coaching right for you, is there something I can do, something you're wanting to work on, and I might be a best match to help you with that. Just, again, use that website. It'll send me a message, and I'll be happy to schedule something so we can talk and see how I can best help you meet your goals. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, let's talk a little bit. You know, one of the things that we talked about, Sue, is that, uh, you know, it can be difficult to share a story like this. Your family, much of your family didn't even know the story that you were, were sharing. So there may be someone in the listening audience right now that has a similar path and they're going through this process of writing the book and healing and looking forward to that day when they can actually release their story. But maybe there's a little hesitation, a little fear about going public with that story. I think you're uniquely qualified to speak a word of encouragement to that person. So what would your number one piece of advice be to the person that's walking that similar path as you have? I think the number one piece of advice is you don't have to have it all together. And it's okay to not be okay. And that I believe in you. All of us need a cheerleader. And when we give ourselves permission to be human, to be fallible, to be wounded and be broken, when we're not trying to put Humpty Dumpty back together again, but we're willing instead to say, I got a broken piece of mess here and I don't know where to start. When we finally to that point, and maybe it's just a small inkling of that right now before it becomes a huge mess, before you're able to pick up all the pieces of glass, maybe you have just a sliver that feels like it's cutting the soul out of you. 
I'm here to tell you, you don't have to have it all together. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to reach out to help, for help, and it's okay to need help. God has designed it, designed us to be in community. He has not designed anybody to interact by themselves. Isn't that pretty much what got Satan thrown out of heaven? It was his pride of trying to, trying to have it all together. You know, and you, we don't have to. So I think that's the one piece of advice is that ask God to give you the grace to understand and have the courage to start to believe that it's okay to not be okay. No matter what lies the enemy has told you, no matter what lies you are believing about it or about yourself, you can't sort out all the spaghetti on your own. It's just too much. I have been there and I understand. I've tried to do it myself. That led me to wanting to kill myself. It's not what God has designed. So as hard as it is, and as gut-wrenching as those emotions are, and trust me, I understand that. As someone with an eating disorder, in recovery from an eating disorder, emotions are still not my friend, and I'm learning to make friends with them. There's so much going on. God did not equip you to handle it yourself. Mm -hmm. And once we start submitting ourselves to his design, which is community, he has room to work. Well, I hope that you have enjoyed this week's episode of Publishing Secrets, where our mission is to inspire you to write, publish, and profit in a way that honors God. If this episode has been a blessing to you, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, then rate and review. And if you want support in your journey, whether you are a current author or an aspiring author, then join us on Facebook in the Christian Authors Network. Wherever you are in your journey, we have the best next step for you. So join us there and get the support that you need to make the impact that you have been called to make. Until next time, God bless.